Welcome to Impact the World, a podcast from West Park Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is where we discuss topics related to how we can all love God, love people, and impact the world. Here's your host, Tara Hayes. Welcome to Impact the World. I am your host, Tara Hayes. And today we're going to take a break from our series of um, episodes about biblical support ministry. Today, we're going to talk with Jake Bishop again. Hey, Jake. Hello. It's good so to have good to be you. here. Well, it's good to have you. Who, by the way, offered to bring me coffee, and I actually turned it yeah. down, and I'm drinking water. So if things are a little off today. In pumpkin spice season. I Came know. out yesterday. What in the world? Recording. I'm like, um, you know, as I was turning that down, I thought, I bet the fall flavors are out. What's wrong? Pumpkin cream cold brew in my hand. I'm ready to go. <sighs> I've got water in a bottle. <laughs> it's not that exciting. But anyway, um, we're going to take a break from, the, like I was saying, the Biblical Support Ministries, and Jake's going to join us. And this episode today is called How We Change. And this is kind of a follow-up, or I would say a continuation of a series that you um, preached at church mm-hmm. called Thriving in Digital Babylon. Yeah. So actually, it's a continuation, but I'm preaching that this Sunday as recording. <laughs> so I think this will come out after. But yeah, yeah so hopefully there's just not to too much. Just you all. <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's not too much overlap here. But yeah, so Thriving in Digital Babylon, just what that is, if you haven't um, heard the sermon at this point, is basically um, I'm making the point that uh, we are exiles. And I got that. That's not original to me. David Kinneman uh, from Barna, I think, originally kind of coined that language, uh, digital uh, Babylon. But we are exiles. We are living in a foreign land with foreign customs and foreign gods. Mm. The difference is we haven't been taken from our homes. It's just in our pocket, in oh. that glowing rectangle. Oh, yes. Um, and so when we talk about spiritual formation, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, uh, we have to take into account that we are not on uh, neutral ground. We are on contested ground. And so spiritual formation happens to everyone. Our spirits are all being formed. Mm. It's just, as Paul says in Romans 12, is it being conformed to the world oh. or is it being transformed into the image of God? And so totally different. This is, so when you talk spiritual formation, we have to talk in 2022 about technology and how that affects us. And so that's what I plan to do in the sermon is go into uh, how our technology is conforming us to the world. Um, and then what we'll talk about here is how we change. But we always have to keep that in mind, right? That uh, if we're not neut- it's not neutral ground, no, right? We're, we, have, we have the world, the flesh, and the devil all seeking to conform us to their image. So, Well, and I think it goes back to that idea. If you're not progressing, you're regressing. Yep. And yes. it's that way, definitely spiritually. If you're not being proactive, yeah. you are being conformed. Absolutely. And so yeah. um, it is something we have to be vigilant about. Mm-hmm. I like that you brought up, um, used the term spiritual formation. Yeah. I think maybe this is a good time. You know, it kind of in our circles, that's not something that we may have heard a lot of spiritual formation or that kind of thing. So let's talk a little bit about what does that mean? What does it look like? Yeah. So that, that language, spiritual formation is, um, it, it got popular, I think in the eighties and nineties, uh, Dallas Willard was a big, big guy kind of in, in writing on spiritual formation. Um, some other, other authors as well. Um, and I've, I've, really like that language because I think it does help explain what I was just talking about, right? So we are all, 
um, spiritual, like we, we have souls. We're spiritual okay? beings. Yeah, we, we have souls. And so those souls, as Paul talks about in Romans 12, um, can be formed, right? They're being formed, either conformed or transformed. Um, I think it's in, um, I can't remember the, oh, I think it's uh, Galatians 4.19, I believe. It's where Paul says, um, basically, I, I want Christ to be formed in you, mm, right? And so that's yeah. the goal of spiritual formation. It's that we would be formed into the image of Christ. Actually, Robert Mulholland, who's a, a, a great writer, right, wrote a couple of spiritual formation books. He says his definition is spiritual formation is being formed into the image of Jesus for the sake of others, right? That's what it's about. It's being formed into the image of Jesus for the sake of others. And so spiritual formation, you know, uh, Willard makes the point often that, as I just said, we're all being spiritually formed. He says terrorists have been spiritually Mm. formed. We're all having our spirit formed, but Christian spiritual formation is how we are formed to look more like Jesus because we're, we're called to be his disciples, right? Well, what's a disciple? You know, Willard uses the language. Actually, maybe a better translation even is apprentice. We're supposed to apprentice under him. And so if you think about that, if you think of an apprentice, a a plumber who apprentices under another plumber, they walk with that plumber, they watch that plumber, they learn from that plumber, and their goal is to look more like that plumber. And so so what's our goal? It's to... Be with Jesus. This is actually from from John Mark Homer. He says, it's to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and then to do what Jesus did. That's our goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so what is spiritual formation? It's being formed more to look like Jesus. That's funny because as I was thinking about this topic, that we would be talking about it, that's one of the things that I'd written down, that the ultimate goal of transformation is to be more in the image of Jesus yep. that we would not that we would gain knowledge. I mean, we've touched on this in a couple of different episodes. Our goal is never just to gain more knowledge mm-hmm. for knowledge sake. And I know we'll get into that yep. deeper as we break down what, you know, how we change, but the goal is to always look more like Jesus. Yep. And then let me add on. Yeah. That, that line that Mulholland has for the sake of others, right? right? Because that's a big thing that, that differentiates this from a self-help book you find at mm. Barnes and Noble, right? This isn't, just project self, like, how can I be better? How can I, you know, Jesus was a cool guy. I want to be like I him. Mean, I want to be, you yeah. know, that's just, I want to thrive if I'm like that. No, it's, it's, I want to be like Jesus and then go do what he did, which is love others. So I want, I want to love God, love people, impact, impact the, world, the world, right? right. That's, there we go. So that's, that's <laughs> what we're hoping for. Yeah. And I think so many times that's kind of the part that we have left off, not intentionally, mm-hmm but that for the sake of others Mm -hmm. and really all of these things that we do to transform ourselves, the different things that you're going to talk about today really play a big part in the others. Mm -hmm. A lot of them do. Absolutely. But I think the other thing that as I was thinking about this topic is really important to think about is this is not something that happens overnight. No, that's a good point. No, it takes a long time. And I think it, it goes back to that progressive sanctification. Mm-hmm. These kind of yep. go hand in hand. Yeah. And this is not a one and done. I'm a believer now. I follow Jesus. I'm just like him. I don't have to work on this stuff. No. So it's not a uh, it doesn't happen at one day or one minute, but yep. it takes all the you know, we don't it's not happening in a short amount of time. 
But at the same time, it is because all those short amount of times that we're going to spend working on these things will add up yeah. to the culmination. That's great. And yeah, I, I mean, God can God can do what God wants. So could he save you and then you just do a dramatic 180 immediately and, you know, you're totally, totally different in, you know, in a, the blink of an eye? <laughs> yeah, he could do That'd that. Nice. But it's, <laughs> it, it seems, yeah, it seems that his typical way that he works is... Um, you know, he, you were, were brought in to saving faith, right? Like what, you know, um, conversion happens, justification happens, but then the sanctification <laughs> the process sanctification is, process. um, is a long one. It you know, is. it's a long and one. painful many yeah. times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's yeah. just be honest about that. It can be painful. <laughs> and and I, I think of, I don't even know if this is what Lewis was talk, talking about, but he has this quote, isn't it funny how, it feels like nothing changes, but then you look back and everything is different, right? I think yes. I may have butchered that, but I think I got the but point of it. Yeah, you yeah. get the point of it. And I think there is a sense in which it's like you don't feel like anything is changing right. necessarily in the moment because it is a slow thing. And then you look back and everything's everything different. different. You know, yeah. the, the word um, in Romans 12, that transform, it's, it's the word in Greek that we get the word metamorphosis from. Mm-hmm. And so it's a caterpillar becoming a butterfly that's the image that doesn't happen i don't, I don't no. know how long, I'm, i don't know how long <laughs> it takes to happen but I, it doesn't happen immediately not what right this is about. yeah exactly <laughs> so i assume it it, it it take i know it takes a little time right and so there's this sense in which you look back and you're like wow like i was a caterpillar now i look more like a mm. butterfly but it took time it took right? time yeah. and it took a lot of work that not everybody's seeing yes that's good. You know? Yeah. There's, and it kind of makes me think, you know, it's like when you don't, haven't seen somebody in a long time mm-hmm. and you see them and you're like, wow, I haven't seen you in for, or like when you haven't seen somebody's children in a while yeah, and all of exactly. a sudden I'm like, oh, the last time I saw you, you were five and now you're graduating from high school. Yeah. And there's like all of this change and all of this stuff that they've been doing. I think it's just the same for us. A lot of that changing happens within us. It's not always mm-hmm in public and what people can see. Yep. I'm going to pick up on that analogy and say there's also different seasons in changing, mm-hmm. right? So I have two young sons at home. One's about to turn three. One's about to turn, get six, become six months. And they're changing pretty rapidly, yes. right? Like, you know, the, the Haddon, our, our, our five-month-old, it's just every time, like, I can see it. I'm like, you're different than when we put you to bed last night. It's almost night. A, like, it's every just, day. Yeah, every Isn't day, it like, weird? you're doing new <laughs> stuff and you're doing, but, but, then you look at me, I'm about to turn 30. Uh, <laughs> I change a lot less, you know, yes. like it's just, it's just, it takes longer. And so there are seasons where it's like, you're like Haddon and just, you're growing and you're learning and you just look like different from one day to the next. And then there are seasons where it's more incremental. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. don't, so don't get discouraged. When we talk right. about change. It's not a do this formula and everything's good. It, it, it can be slow. It can be uh, slow. And I think people dread it or, or they dread that they're not going to do it fast enough yeah. or the, 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 their change is not going to look like somebody else's change yeah. or it's not going to be a perfect pathway. And I think that needs to be talked about a lot mm-hmm. because like you said, everybody's, there are seasons yeah. and everybody's change is different. And so I think we do ourselves a disservice when we compare ourselves to, well, I didn't learn that by the time I was whatever age, or I didn't change in that way, or, you know, it's, it is different for everybody. And I think that's encouraging Mm -hmm. to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, look at Peter, right? So (laughs) Peter, you know, walks three years with Jesus, you know, one of his best friends, 
uh, grows a lot, and then, you know, how's it how's it end when Jesus is about to about to die? He turns his back on him, mm. right? And he really wanted, you know, he really wanted to be there for Jesus. He made that clear, and he couldn't. He wasn't there yet. Now. Yeah. Thankfully, what we see in that is that there's grace, right? right. Peter's story wasn't done. Right. It wasn't done. And so, um, and he, he continues to grow and becomes a leader for the early church. And so, yeah, it, it's it's slow. It's yeah. not it's not overnight. So. Well, and I think that's also a good point. Don't discount yourself if you've fallen away in a way that you think, oh man, God can't use me now mm. or he can't continue to grow me because we never reach that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, God's grace... You know, it's that where sin abounds, grace super abounds, Mm -hmm. if you look at that verse that way. And so I think that's the encouragement is it takes time. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does it the same way. And yes, you're probably going to mess up some bigger than others, but there's still that opportunity for growth. Amen. Yeah. So great. I'm excited. So let's talk about the different ways that bring about change. Yeah, absolutely. So this, let me just caveat this. This is something I've been thinking a lot about, and I bet I will listen to this podcast in a year and hate it because I'm like <laughs> kind of, you know, it's like like I've been thinking a lot about it um, through a program I'm in for for school. Um, but I'm, I'm we'll come learning. back and record again. Yeah, if I'm you, learning, and I'll just I'll year. correct everything that I'm saying here. But I, I do think that this is um, this is kind of a theology of change that I've I've written out, and this is coming from. Obviously, my own reading of scripture, reading of other spiritual formation books, taking other uh, spiritual formation paradigms and things like that, and trying to put it into language that makes sense to me, basically. And so what this is, is basically we can say the biblical and theological foundations of change. So what what are the the means of how we change? And that's that's what I'm going to try to answer here. Great. So, yeah. And I'll, let, me, let me start. So real... Real quick, uh, before I get into these means, uh, Dallas Willard talks about the fact that we need V-I-M, okay, V-I-M. We like so an acronym. We love a good acronym. So <laughs> V-I, V-I-M, yeah, I guess, but yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's easy okay, to remember, we need I guess. It. Whatever it is, we need <laughs> so, it. V-I-M, and what that stands for is, first of all, we need vision, mm. right? If you're going to change, you have to have vision for where you're going. And so I'll pick up and, and, and uh, steal a, a story from Don Whitney. So he wrote a famous book, uh, Personal Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, he was one of my professors at, in seminary at Southern. Um, great godly man. But he has this story where he, he talks about how uh, there's this, this boy named Kevin. And Kevin is six years old, and he uh, is in guitar lessons. So he comes home from school every day and uh, plays the guitar. And he looks outside, and he sees all of his friends out there playing football or basketball or whatever it may be, and he just starts to hate these guitar lessons. He feels like he's just <laughs> missing out on his life, but his parents want him to do it, right? And so he's about to give it up, and an angel comes to Kevin, and then the angel transports them to a concert. And so they are standing on the front row, and Kevin is looking up at this 20-something-year-old guy just shredding the guitar, right? <laughs> like just killing it. And he's in awe at like this guy's talent and how amazing this guy is on the guitar. And so they go back to the living room and the angel says, that is you, but you have to practice. Oh, right? You have to practice. And so Dr. Whitney's point is, you know, we're going to talk a lot about this verse where Peter, or not Peter, Paul tells Timothy 
train yourself for godliness. Mm. Right? And so yeah. we, need to, we need to train ourselves, just like Kevin needs to train himself on the guitar, but why? Godliness. Right. That's what we're doing. So, you know, athletes, they have to have a vision for why they're training. Maybe it's to get that contract or, you know, to have fans or Super whatever Bowl it may rings. be. Yeah, Super Bowl <laughs> rings. We have something so much better. Mm. We're training to be like Jesus, right? We're training for the sake of others. We're training for godliness. Wow. Like, I, I try to keep this image in my head. I'm, I'm again, about to turn 30. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this image of my head of, like, what will I be like if, 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 if I'm still alive, what will I be like when I'm 90, right, 85, whatever. Like, me and Allie are sitting on the porch. <laughs> you know, like, am I going to be a godly man Right. Or am I not? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. am I going to be like, so I, I just, I, we are, our vision should be that we're driven to, to look more and more like Jesus, right. to be like him. And so we need vision. And then based on our vision, we need to intend to do that. Okay. So I'll talk about our part and the Holy Spirit's part. And then we need the means mm-hmm. of transformation. So the means of change. And so that's what I'm going to go through here. The means of how we change. How, how is it that we go from that caterpillar to a butterfly? Like what, what's that look like? It's the practical side of it. Exactly. And so here again, this is what I'll come back and probably hate later. But here's, <laughs> here's what I think. The foundations. I, you won't hate it. <laughs> so we'll start with a couple that are really foundational. Um, starting this, this, you have to hear this part, okay? The Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about change, we cannot forget him. We cannot forget the Holy Spirit. He is essential, essential for transformation. Uh, Paul makes this clear. He reminds the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name, Lord, name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Hmm. So salvation is God's work from beginning to end. We are sanctified in the name of Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, And so a lot of people, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm kind of been in the spiritual formation world lately and, and um, just really, you know, learning a ton. But I think one of the pitfalls can be that we can forget about this part. We can forget about God's role and it becomes white knuckling it. What am I doing? It. What am I doing? Right? I like got to be doing it. I got to right be doing it. It's all, and so we, we're, we're white knuckling it into transformation. It's all about just like, what can I do? And then Jesus steps in, John 15, and what does he say? Apart from me. You can do nothing, okay? So <laughs> By the that, way, a, you're doing nothing. You can do you can do nothing apart from me, and so that's we have to say. And, and I think this is a helpful way to think about it. Transformation is more like a sailboat than a motorboat. I think I got mm. this from John Ortberg. A motorboat, you can go wherever you want. All you have to do is have the the engine, everything fixed, and have the gas. And gas in it. if you can pay for you it. Gas if you can pay for it, right? <laughs> yeah, and you can go wherever. But a sailboat. You have a role. You have to lift the sails. I don't know. I've never been on a sailboat, but I, I hear you have a role. I've seen it in movies. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it in movies. <laughs> I got a friend who has a sailboat. He told me. Uh, you have to lift. You can lift the sails. But if you don't have wind, you're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. And so we have the role of we need to, we, we lift the sails. We're going to talk about how we do that. But the Holy Spirit has to move. Right. So that's number one. Holy Spirit. We need yeah. the Holy Spirit for transformation. Essential that we yeah. have him. Yeah. Um, also, let me, sorry, little, one other thing that I just skipped over. He, we've also, we, I talked about this in a sermon a couple months ago. Um, God is also, he uses, sovereignly uses the hardships of our life mm. to change us. Yes. Okay. So 
you know, the Holy Spirit's working. He's working, you know, Hebrews 12 talks about discipline, right? That word discipline is actually the Greek word paideia, which is used to describe bringing children from childhood to mature adulthood through Mm -hmm. education. And so God sovereignly, as the amazing father that he is, brings all the hardships of our life perfectly together in his sovereignty to allow us to grow. So James 1, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And I am so glad you brought that up because I think so many times we as believers have the wrong idea of what discipline is. Mm -hmm. Often, you know, you think back on when I was a child, I was disciplined. I got a spanking because I did something wrong Mm -hmm. or something got taken away from me. But this is discipline for the, for the, um, the result of education and formation. It goes to that formation. Yep. And, um, so I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because that is the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. And I think so many people think about that scripture where God says those whom he loves, he disciplines. Mm -hmm. And I think that can create a conflict in your mind if you're thinking discipline as far as punishment. Yep. This is discipline as far as growth and education. Yeah, and that's, that's great. And it, it could, you know, it could be you know, discipline how we think about it in, in terms of parents of like we do something wrong or whatever. But I think the big difference is what I'm finding as a parent is when Knox messes up. Haddon's never messed up. He's he's an angel. You know, he's sick. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a six month old and a three year old, the six month old always seems like That's an angel. Right. So That's right. so when Knox, you know, messes up, I'm not loving him if I don't bring some kind of discipline into his Correct. life for what he did. But my problem is I'm a sinner, mm. and so often what I'm doing is not actually either. I'm not doing enough. That's that is sometimes my problem. Or what I'm bringing is not discipline; it's retribution. I'm mm-hmm. getting back at him, even though he's he's about to turn three. I'm getting. I'm just you. Oh, I'm just. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm. You go to timeout because that makes me feel good. Because right. you know, like <laughs> uh, I'm sending you a timeout. And I'm, I'm showing that I'm in control. And so, what that should be, what that discipline should be, is to help him. Like if you lie to me, I'm going to bring dis- the right amount of discipline into your life to right. to help you grow in this. But unfortunately, I'm a sinner, and that's mm. not that's often I don't do that well. But then we have a heavenly Father who knows perfectly how to bring these things, bring the <laughs> hardships of life, and discipline us to make us look more like Jesus. Yeah. And even you know, we Jesus learned through his suffering, and he was perfect, right? right. But like he learned through what he suffered. We're told in Hebrews, yeah. and so yeah, that I mean, again, I count it all joy, right? Mm. James one, when you when you face trials of many kind. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you have a trial come into your life, it's going to be hard. It's going to mm-hmm. be painful. But you have a front row seat to see God work. Right. And he's working. He right? is. He's working. He is. He's, he's conforming you to the image of a son. Absolutely. So that's number one. Um, number two, okay, number two is the gospel. And again, another foundational one. And this is, this is big to not move past because i uh, got to get a Tim Keller quote in here. He says that the gospel is not the ABCs of the Christian life. The gospel is the A to Z of the Christian life. Another way to think about it is the gospel is not uh, the diving board into the Christian life. It's the whole swimming pool, Mm. right? We never, in the Christian life, as we think about growth and change, we never graduate 
past the gospel. Right. Right. Like it, it, and I think so many times we, we make that like one point in our lives, like I received the gospel or mm-hmm. I heard the gospel. Yeah. But in thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I came across the thought about how we, we need to realize just how desperate we are. Yeah. For the gospel. Absolutely. And that continues throughout the rest of our lives. Yes, that's good. Let me, so to, to echo that, this is from Dane Ortland, um, in his book, uh, Deeper. He says, the only sure foundation on which we can build spiritual growth is the solid ground of self-despair. To the degree that we minimize the evil within, we lower the ceiling on how deeply we can grow. We take a painkiller and go to sleep when we think we have a headache. We undergo chemotherapy when we know we have a brain tumor. The severity of our condition dictates the depth and seriousness of the medicine we know we need. So if you view your sinfulness as a bothersome headache more than a lethal cancer, you will see tepid growth, Mm. if any. You won't see yourself as needing to grow all that much. But when we see how desperately sick we are and how profoundly short we fall of the glory for which God intended us, we have already taken the first decisive step in bringing that vast gulf between who we are and who we were made to be. Mm. So you can't Bottom graduate. Line, yeah, can't we are graduate desperate past for the, God and yes, his good news. Cannot graduate past the gospel. No. That's number two. Number three, uh, community. And I, I won't harp on this because uh, Joe did a, <laughs> did it was a great on, job. Yeah, it was on your podcast, <laughs> and, and that was great. So go back and listen to that if you want to hear more about community. But, but this does go back to that for the sake of others. Exactly. For the right sake there. Of that for the sake it. of others. For the sake of others. So the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. That is spiritual formation. Yeah. So it's for the sake of others. It can never just be project self. Here's the other thing. Let me mention one one thing, and this you know this applies to community groups. It applies to so many areas in life. God is even sovereign over the messiness of community. Yeah. Right? And he's using that to grow you. Yeah. It's the ones that, you know, because here's, here's how community tends to go. You get a group of people together. They think everyone is amazing. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this. These like, are my best these friends, are my best friends ever. How have I missed you all my whole life? And then six months. <laughs> a <laughs> year the quirks start yeah. not being cute so anymore. So is getting on my last exactly. nerve. Exactly. Yeah. But those who stay, when when you have conflict, because it's going to come, mm-hmm. those who stay are the ones who grow. Right. I mean, think about, you know, Jesus was not afraid of messiness in community. Jesus goes and he picks his disciples. And who does he pick? <laughs> let me just Let me just name two. He gets Matthew the tax collector and he gets Simon the zealot. Right. Like that's like getting, you know, Randy, the Republican and Debbie, the Democrat and Lenny, the Libertarian and just being like, y'all get here. You all get to work together now. Because Matthew is a traitor, a Jewish traitor who's working for Rome. Right. He's Jewish Benedict Arnold. And Simon is a zealot who's willing to kill to get Rome, you know, out of there. And Jesus is like, hey, y'all come sit around the fire together. (laughs) <laughs> Y'all travel together. Y'all do ministry together. You yeah. eat together. I, I have a feeling there were some some intense conversations oh, around the campfire. Can you right? imagine? And Peter's there. Like, yeah, my Peter, goodness. come on, like, the man like, would, like, he would say anything at any time. Well, and we, and we know they argued, right? Like, they're arguing mm-hmm. over, you know, when uh, James and John go get mommy and, and she comes to, like, ask Jesus. <laughs> I want to be yeah, better. Yeah, I want to be better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they're, they're, they're constant. It seems like they're arguing all the time. Right. Who, who knows how? But... 
messiness is to be expected. Right. And so that's just my warning is, is a lot of people aren't formed by community because they don't stick it out long enough. Mm. They go from one community, they, they go to a community, they let it get messy right. and they go, and to, they another go one. to another one. Well, I'm really glad you brought this up because I feel like I was just actually talking about this with somebody, if, you know, like within the last day or so. I feel like people feel like if there's conflict within community or within the church or, you know, that, oh my goodness, something's wrong and I've got to leave. Mm-hmm. And that is there to be worked through. That's yeah. how you grow mm-hmm. and you grow as the body yep. and you grow to become more like Christ yeah. because there's that kind of like the give and take yeah. and you, you have to work through that. And I think a lot of people forget, they like gloss over that all that stuff happened in scripture mm-hmm. and, you know, or even like Mark and Barnabas. I mean, they split paths mm-hmm. over, or Barnabas, Paul, you know, and, Paul, yeah, and, Paul Barnabas. and Barnabas over, over Mark. Mark. There you go. <laughs> I, I get it out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I mean, they split because they didn't agree. Yeah. And so I think we think, well, we have to all agree on every little thing and it has to be perfect or we're doing something wrong. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. And it is the way we grow. That is good. And so I'm really glad you brought that up. And there's a sense. So one of the best things maybe going in the community is that you expect it to be messy because expectation is everything. I mean, you can think about it like this. Like if I, you know, if I take you to a to a best western or whatever right like just like whatever like <laughs> a, an okay are pretty an low. okay but <laughs> we go to the best western and, and and we're standing outside and let's say you don't know it's the best western we're just standing outside the door and i say let me show you the honeymoon suite <laughs> and i open it up and it's just your average best western you would be like what in the world this is horrible <laughs> but if i say if i say welcome to the county jail let me show you one of the the jail cells you'd be like Wow, this is pretty good, right? (laughs) So expectation is everything. And so if we go into communities thinking, oh, it's got to be perfect, then you're going to be sorely disappointed because you're sinners. Right. Just like a a marriage, right? Is a marriage between two sinners. It's going to be hard. Uh, But if you go in expecting messiness. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. But you're going to get opportunity for growth. Amen. So I think that's fantastic. So community, I'll mention this too, just along with community. We need specific community being in the local church, okay? Because mm-hmm. not all communities are the local church, clearly. And so um, we we grow through being a part of the local church. And I'll argue that the church was formed to form, right? When we talk about <laughs> spiritual formation, that's the that's role of the church, the church to is. form people, yeah. right? To form people in the image of Jesus. Yeah. That's why we just had a great preaching series on uh, life together, and we saw in Ephesians 4, right? the leaders of the church equip the saints right. for ministry. And so the church was formed to form. And so your leaders are meant to form you. If you are a leader, you should be helping others be formed in the image of Jesus. And you cannot live the Christian life outside of the local church. Right. So moving on to, we have two more here. Uh, next we have teaching. Teaching. We need teaching. Teaching is essential to the Christian life. Paul tells Timothy to devote himself to teaching the Israelites were commanded to teach God's commands diligently to your children in Deuteronomy 6. And then we see Jesus, what's he going around doing? He's teaching. Teaching, right? He's doing a lot of teaching. <laughs> a lot of teaching. And so what this does, obviously teaching transfers information. Okay, that's what it does. It transfers information. But but good teaching, I think, should do more than that. It, it goes to our heart, mm. right? It, it goes to our heart. Because here's the thing. So 
I mentioned earlier the the world, the flesh, and the devil. And there's this paradigm that I've I've always uh, felt was really helpful. I got this from John Mark Comer in his book Live No Lies, and he says the way these three work together, world, the flesh, and the devil, is that the devil presents deceptive ideas, okay, but he doesn't come with just any idea, right? He doesn't come and whisper to us like, Elvis isn't really dead, you know, <laughs> or like he's he's on a beach somewhere, you know, like that's not, he doesn't come with something stupid. Right. He comes with deceptive desires that play, or he comes with deceptive ideas which play to the disordered desires of our flesh mm-hmm. because we're sinners. So if we're the, if our sin is the strings of a piano, Satan has watched film on us and he knows what ideas to come. He knows how to play that piano. He's the he's the virtuoso performer of playing that piano. And then those lies are going to be celebrated in a sinful world, mm. right? So deceptive ideas which play to disordered desires which are then celebrated and accepted in a sinful world. Which so, we see very clearly. Absolutely. And so just as an example, right, maybe, you know, uh, he comes to a, a guy who's who's married and he says, you know, you were married young. You didn't know what you wanted. She doesn't really value you. You deserve to sleep with whoever you want. Mm. To which the guy's sinful desire says, I want to sleep with whoever I want, which then in the world says, you yeah, do you, you could do go sleep with who right. you want. Right? So it all plays together like that. So what teaching does is it, it should, if it's done right, it should help to transform the stories that we believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it shows us actually it paints the picture of what it means to follow Jesus. Right. right? What it his, pushes back on it that. It pushes back on that. Right. And so it's more than just information transfer. When we are listening to a to a podcast or whatever, it's pushing back or a sermon or whatever. We're, it's pushing back on those things. It's pushing back to go back to digital Babylon. We're being told a story by our phones, by Netflix, by Good teaching should push back against those yeah. stories and show the Jesus way. Hey, right? yeah. so that's is, teaching. Okay. Um, now, here's where a lot of people stop. Okay, <laughs> so just because we 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 have this idea, and 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 I, I would say here at West Park, we're a very um, I think teaching you know because we have we've had a, a wonderful teacher and Pastor Sam for so many years. Teaching is something that that we value here yes. rightly. Uh, we care about studying the Bible. We care about good preaching. And I'm thankful. I mean, I grew up in this environment. I'm so thankful for that. And that comes because, yeah, Pastor Sam has has modeled that for so long of taking that seriously. But teaching alone is essential. We can't we can't grow without it. Right. But it's not enough. Right. right. And the last one would be that we need practice. Right. Okay. We need teaching and we need practice. And here's the illustration I would use for this. Um, so. I uh, I feel pretty confident that I could teach a class on how to hit a golf ball. I think it'd be pretty good. Like I, I think <laughs> I'm glad you can. <laughs> well, I think that I think I I know how to I know how to teach it. Here's the problem: if you go golfing with me, I'm the worst golfer I know. Like I am literally, it's a mixture between uh, slices, worm burners, and then like missing the ball completely, and then one that goes down the middle every every twenty five. So what's the disconnect? It's that I have been taught how to hit a golf ball. Right. And I knew how to pass that information on to others. But what I haven't done is practiced. I haven't gone to the driving range and hit shot after shot after shot. That's what I haven't done. And so we need both 
tra- we need that that teaching, but then we also have to practice. Practice it. Yeah, and that is modeled for us by Jesus in the spiritual disciplines, right? So we talk, right. So that's where the, that's where the spiritual disciplines come in, right? We see Jesus. You know, it says he grew in stature and wisdom, and we know that he 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 knew his stuff. But we also see him doing these practices. practices. Yes, he's practicing along with it, and that comes in with the growth. And so I think this is really where. Um, when we talk about training, this is where that comes in, right? We have to train ourselves to be the type of person who would do what Jesus would do if he was us. That, that's that's a that's a <laughs> lot there. So like, let me let me let me let me break that down a little bit more. Okay, we have to train ourselves for godliness. So here's here's the way I I, I think I've shared this in a sermon before, but here's the difference. So. We train ourselves for godliness. We don't try to be godly. Mm. There's a big difference. There is a difference, yes. Okay, so here, think about this. If you want to be a marathon runner, if you want to be a marathon runner, here's what you wouldn't do. You wouldn't show up at the Boston Marathon, step up to the starting line, <laughs> and try really hard no <laughs> because because you would you know you, you would, might make it a half mile might make it yeah depending <laughs> on who you are whatever like even if you're like motive super motivated and you have a vision and whatever you want to buy new tennis and, shoes you bought new tennis shoes and you spent you know 150 dollars right. on those things so you have to use They'll them and, right, exactly <laughs> you can't try your way to being a marathon runner what you have to do is you have to train yourself to become the type of person who can run a marathon Right? No. So you run a mile, and then two miles, and then three miles, and you put do training sessions, and you watch your diet, and you do all these things to become the type of person who can do that. And so what happens is a lot of Christians, they wake up in the morning, and they say, they genuinely, because they love Jesus, and they want to follow him, they say, I am going to be godly, right? I'm going to live a godly life. Maybe they even, you know, go to their drawer and get out that bracelet from the <laughs> 90s, WWJD bracelet, <laughs> all colorful. Say. Used to wear eight on my arm at one time in, in early you elementary really school. To oh what yeah, Jesus would do. and so maybe, but the thing is, you know, that WWJD bracelet may work before lunch. You're like, okay, what would Jesus do? Be like him, but then you're tired. Willpower's gone. Mm-hmm. You just don't you have anything left, right? And you haven't trained yourself for godliness, right? Yeah. And so you're going to fall short. You're going to fall short. And so Paul, I think that's just key that Paul calls us to train ourselves, to become the type of person, to, to discipline ourselves, to be the type of person who would do what Jesus would do if he was us. Right. And so that's what we're called to. And so I think that that's the the kind of end and the segue to where we're going, if yes. you want to explain that. <laughs> yes. So, um, and I just would say that follow-up, that leads us back to really the beginning. This takes time. Time. This yep. all takes time yep. and different aspects. And so from this episode today... Jake and I are going to put together several smaller, shorter episodes about the different ways to practice spiritual Mm -hmm. disciplines, Mm -hmm. what they are. So these will be short episodes, like an episode about Sabbath or fasting, and just quick, practical episodes that you can listen to to learn more about these disciplines and start practicing them. I mean, the goal, again, is not for more knowledge. Mm -hmm. The goal is for true transformation. And so I'm excited about those episodes. I think they're going to be great. Me too. As you can probably tell, I enjoy talking (laughs) about this, so I'm I'm ready to go. I love it. Again, I think it's super important because all of this works together. And 
I like that we're going to talk about these disciplines because people say, become more like Christ. Okay, well, wh- what does that look like? Yeah. And so we will talk more about spiritual formation. This has been a great, a great yeah. conversation. Thank you though. for letting me have it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I always enjoy sitting down with you, Jake, to have a conversation. But I think this is a really good start on how we change and why it's important. Yep. Not just how, but why it's important. So um, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to sharing some spiritual disciplines with you soon. We'll see you next time on Impact the World. Thank you for listening to Impact the World. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Just look for the profile, West Park Baptist.